you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And guys, this, uh, we talked about it before we started recording. This was a weird, weird fantasy week, I think, in a lot of respects. The NFL is weird in general, but this, this week in particular was, uh, I, I don't know, rather frustrating, I'd put it. Are you saying that the NFL is unpredictable, Marcus? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, well, the no-figure league was back in effect this mm-hmm. week, and uh, I'm sure a lot of folks uh, are scratching their heads. You know, week one, we, we, we kind of gauge things. We think we have a basic idea. Week two, I feel like, is the week we sort of overcorrect, but I don't know, man. This, uh, a lot of weird things happened this week. A lot of injuries that could potentially be sort of league tilting also happened this week, so we'll talk about some of those. Uh, we'll go through the things... In week two that we know, the things we think we know, and the things that we have no idea about and are still trying to figure out. And, of course, because it is Monday, uh, we'll also do some waiver wire picks as well. Normally, we go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. But we are in a different studio today because of uh, scheduling issues and technical deals that uh, are above my pay grade. Uh, we got bumped from our normal spot. So, uh Murph's here. Know that he's wearing a pretty sweet Rocky Johnson jersey. Uh, I think things are not going so well for Big Blue, so he's trying to take his mind off of that right now. Uh, so uh, you, you know, know I, I got a couple of Cowboys jerseys at home. I don't think I he mean, wants to wear those. Murph, uh, you're welcome to wear. I don't think he's going to wear of one of those for the rest of the season. Uh, I was actually surprised he hasn't broken out the Notre Dame jersey yet. I feel like that's probably coming sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, who knows? You know, so. Marcus, you talked about how like this was like a wild week. Did you notice that for the second week in a row, a lot of the top fantasy wide receivers are just what? Demarcus Robinson, Nelson Aguilar, John Ross again, Debo Samuel, DJ Chark, do 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 DJ Chark. I am stuck with that damn song in my head now for the rest of the season because Gardner Minshew has a man crush on DJ. Chark do 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 do, and I'm going to be talking about him all season long. I could already tell. Just telling you, don't spin an early round pick on a wide receiver. That's you know, you can wait on a wide receiver. That's going to be my new mantra. I love Marcus Grant's you mantra. Can, you can wait as on a, a wide. running backs truther. Yeah. Although the running backs, <laughs> I mean, look, ooh, some of them were not that good this weekend I, either. I mean, I'm 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 mostly kidding because you know uh, Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones went big on Sunday night, so I'm you know. But like in terms of the big name guys, like Julio went big. Mike Thomas had like ten catches. After that. I mean, yeah, well, but we have to also put Chris Godwin in because he is going to end up being in that. He's going to end up being in that there. elite category by the end of the season. All right. So we have plenty to talk about, obviously. So in the meantime, let's do some news. Let's do the news. 
news? Well, the big one, and it is still developing as we sit here and record this podcast on Monday morning. Uh, Yesterday, Drew Brees left the game against the Rams in Los Angeles after he basically inadvertently high-fived Aaron Donald during the middle of a play. Injured his hand, left, had it wrapped. Uh, we saw Teddy Bridgewater for pretty much the rest of the game. I think Brees tried to come in, come back in briefly. That didn't last long until so they went back to Bridgewater. Brees stayed in L.A. after the game to get checked out by a hand specialist. And the preliminary is that he's going to miss some time. I think the early indications is that he will miss six weeks, which also includes the team's bye. So right now, best case scenario, Drew Brees isn't going to be back probably until week 10. Ostensibly, Teddy Bridgewater takes over as the starter there in New Orleans, although we'll see how they work if they work Taysom Hill back into the mix. Uh, Fabs, I know coming into the season, it was pretty fashionable for a lot of folks to sort of fade Drew Brees and, and the talk that uh, he was not going to be a top 10 quarterback was pretty rampant. We obviously didn't see this coming, but I would imagine it's very hard with quarterback being so deep to try to hold a roster spot for him for the next you know month and a half or so. Yeah, unless you're in a league where you can put an injured guy on a reserve spot, and on NFL.com you can't do that unless the player is actually on injured reserve designated to return. So Drew Brees is going to be dropped in a lot of leagues, which is odd after the second week of the NFL season. But uh, Graham, I think you agreed with me. I wasn't big on Drew Brees this season. I didn't think that he was going to be an elite fantasy quarterback. Now we have Teddy Bridgewater in the mix. And let's look at their schedule coming up. Okay, they've got the Seahawks on the road coming up, okay? Then you've got the Cowboys in New Orleans, and the Cowboys are the real deal, folks, and that's just not me being a homer. Buccaneers, good schedule there, a good matchup there. Then Jags-Bears. So both, both of those are on the road, and then they get Teddy the Teddy Bridgewater's schedule is not going to be, uh, shall we say, very favorable. And every player on that roster, maybe not Michael Thomas, because I think he's going to get peppered with targets, but... Every offensive player on that roster is now going to be a little bit more sketchy, even Alvin Kamara, and we saw that yesterday. This sucks for Kamara, too, because Drew Brees and Kamara have been one of the most efficient connections um, in terms of like just their timing in the, in the, the short and intermediate areas. This is a... It's a tough day. It's a tough day for Kamar and uh, Thomas owners, I think. Yeah, uh, you know this. Obviously, this is a thing that that is unforeseen. You can't predict this sort of thing. But taking Drew Brees out of this offense completely changes everything. Um, look, I, I know it was a couple of years ago we were hoping for big things from Teddy Bridgewater. Then he had that awful knee injury that took him out for you know over a year. Um, but I think it's it's a lot to ask for Bridgewater to come back and suddenly be that guy, and certainly to replace Drew Brees. I mean, that, you know, he, he's just that. Those are huge shoes to fill. So uh, I think now it's a little bit sketchy about what's going to happen there uh, in New Orleans with the Saints. Other big quarterback news: this out of Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger left the game with an elbow injury. Um, you know, they're still looking at that right now. The team is hoping that he can avoid surgery. The words Tommy John were thrown around, and certainly if you That's were a never good. If you're a baseball fan, you know that is bad news. Um, the update from one of the many Twitter doc, like actual doctors on Twitter. I shouldn't say Twitter doctors. That, <laughs> that sounds demeaning. There is a distinction, though. Yes, there is a distinction. Um, one of the many doctors on Twitter who you know offer sort of. You know, diagnoses from afar uh, suggests that maybe it's something that he can just kind of sit out, let the injury scar over and then come back and play in a few weeks. But Graham, regardless, 
Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. Uh, so much like we're downgrading folks in New Orleans, I have a feeling we're kind of knocking some folks down in Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the, the injury timeline looks like. But if Big Ben were to miss games, it's an obvious downgrade to this entire offense, sort of like the Drew Brees situation. Um, Mason Rudolph, I, I think, um, no offense to Teddy Bridgewater, might be in a slightly better situation. Um, I think we've seen Rudolph acquit himself in the preseason, and the Steelers' offensive line is still fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if if Big Ben misses time, this is no good for Juju. I mean, yeah. the teams that took Juju um, and, and Michael Thomas or, or Tyreek Hill at the 1-2 turn, and then we're looking great like a couple weeks ago, lots of sad emojis. You know who I might take face. a chance on, though, because a lot of people may have dropped James Washington after week one. Mm-hmm. He's starting to play a little bit more, too. And Dante, Dante Moncrief can't catch a cold. Yeah. And there is a connection between Rudolph and James Washington. We saw it in the preseason. We've seen it in preseason. Yeah. I mean, what, going back to, to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Washington just offers so much more, not only just like as a pass catcher, but it's just a route runner, as a lid lifter in this offense. Man, I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm one of those people who, who did grab Juju in a lot of leagues, uh, you know, late first, early second round. Uh, even before the Roethlisberger injury, I mean, I, I, I was starting to get concerned. You know, last week it was, you could kind of blow it off as saying, well, hey, it's the Patriots or whatever. Uh, this week you thought maybe it would be a little bit better against the Seahawks, but really for what the first half, even into the third quarter, Juju really was nowhere to be found. Uh, it took kind of a flea flicker to sort of right. get him going a little bit. The good news with both the Saints and the Steelers, in my opinion, is that like they both have number one clear entrenched number one receivers, and then they have a bunch of ancillary guys, right? So if anything, we should expect Thomas and Juju to get, at least get peppered with targets, but it's just you know the efficiency and how many of those are going to be near the you know near the goal line and getting in for scores like we would normally expect with their quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, also, James Conner dealing with an injury, uh, yep. and yep. so. I mean, it's kind of all bad right now yeah. <laughs> in Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. they're 0-2. Uh, two of their, their top stars are injured right now. And, you know, look, I, I think right now that like it doesn't look like anything long-term is going to happen with James Conner. But, man, it's just – it's kind of bad right it's, now in I know. Pittsburgh. It's, it's amazing how quickly things can change. I feel like I say that every week because, you know, we were just a couple of years removed from – Roethlisberger, Brown, and Bell, the the big three, maybe the biggest three in fantasy football on one NFL franchise. Now, <laughs> Bell's gone, Brown's gone, and Big Ben might be gone because of this injury, at least for uh, a few games. We'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, so any interest in Jalen Samuels? I mean, he, oh, man. he's the guy who moves up, obviously. If he's out there, then you have to go out and grab him just as a speculative ad in case James Conner uh, is, is forced to, or I'm sorry, John, uh, James Connors is expected to miss any time. Uh, so, man, but again, this is another one, though, where you, you take Ben out of this offense and maybe it changes some things. I don't know. We'll see. It, it, it hasn't particularly uh, been great. Uh, down in Miami. Uh, Dude, is there a football team down there? Man. Is there? I mean, the, Would Clemson the, beat them? The U, the U's not looking too good. Uh, I mean, they've been sort of up and down, and the Dolphins... It's bad. Uh, they lose. Here's the thing. They lost by fewer points in week two than they lost by in week one. Fair. That's the upside. That's the downside, very fair. The, the, ups, the downside is that they didn't score any points in week two. They at least scored points in week one. Oh, boy. The, uh, the, uh, the Patriots defense, which was ranked number one on most fantasy lists, over 30 fantasy Yeah, nobody was week. thinking, what, 30, 37? I was loving it, dude. I was uh, loving it. I had them in, like, half my leagues. Yeah, uh, but the early word out of South Beach, 
from head coach Brian Flores is that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the starter. Now he says they're going to evaluate during the week. That could change. But as we speak right now, he is still the starter. Um, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw as many Patriots touchdown passes as Tom Brady did yesterday. Both had two Patriot touchdown passes. Um, I, I, look, you're not starting Fitzpatrick. You're probably not starting Josh Rosen. But I think in terms of, of just kind of speculating and looking forward, especially if you're talking dynasty, they they got to play Rosen now, yeah. right? I mean, they, they got to see what they have with Josh Rosen. What's the what's the point of playing Ryan Fitzpatrick? But, I mean, in, in the defense of, of the decision to start Ryan Fitzpatrick to begin the year, right? Like, especially without Laramie Tunsil, this is not – an NFL offensive line. I feel bad you know, for Rosen, dude, because I, like I he was too. in a bad situation is, uh, last year, and now this might be worse. This is absolutely yeah. worse. Yeah, I mean, he's gone from what we thought was the worst situation in in the NFL it was last year in the yeah. Cardinals coaching staff and their talent to um, yeah, significant downgrade again. There, I mean, there's really, I mean, even if Rosen, Marcus, let's say Mark, let's say he does start Week Three, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that he does and puts on tape, you've got a grade on a curve. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just the nature of this offense this year. So I'm not. I mean, as a, as a Josh Rosen fan coming out, it's it's definitely frustrating. You know, I look, man. It, it takes a lot for me to to stand for a UCLA guy, but I like Josh Rosen, and I yeah. want to see him at least get a fair shot. And through a season plus two games, he hasn't gotten a guys. Fair the shot. Dolphins got 11 first downs yesterday. 11. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. 11. <laughs> They had 11 drives. So so uh, this upcoming week. They can't move the ball at all. Zeke is going to rush for about 250. I mean, Dak's going to throw for about first, 400. In the first half. Gallup and Cooper will go over 100. Well, Devin Smith, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, a couple shot plays. My like, goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, everybody on the Cowboys is going to be startable in fantasy. And that, that matchup, I think, aside from the Dolphins just being god-awful, what we can take away on the Patriots side is that the presence of Antonio Brown really going to hurt Josh Gordon and, and, and Julian Edelman. And I get it. They were blowing this team out. But um, A.B., when he was in there, I mean, they targeted him all the time. And I don't even know if A.B. will play another game for the Patriots, depending on what happens with this whole off-the-field situation. But if you drafted Edelman to be you know, a high two, yeah. you may not be getting a high two production from him uh, if AB's on that roster the rest of the season, yeah, that, that's uh, that's pretty much going to be in flux for a while. That's going to be something to, to keep an eye on. By the way, you mentioned Michael Gallup too. Just a quick note: he is having an MRI on his knee. He took a helmet on the knee. Uh, the Cowboys are th- hoping, thinking it may not be serious, but mm-hmm. this is kind of a precaution. So, really, uh, really tough day for injuries yesterday. Yeah, lots, um, lots of small, little, minor things, and obviously the big ones with Breeze and Big Ben. Uh, yeah, take that. Uh, you know, take it from somebody who started Alshon Jeffrey in one league and Deshaun Jackson in another, and watching yeah, him sit there I with know. zeros. The oh. Eagles, everybody got hurt. Everybody got hurt. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll also keep an eye. We'll keep an eye on what uh, what is up with these Eagles wide receivers. Apparently, this was something for both those guys that happened in the pregame, uh, and then they didn't really play. And uh, Dallas Goddard got hurt. In Dallas that Goddard, Goddard, Goddard got hurt too. Yeah. I mean, look, Zach Ertz got hurt late, but he stayed in there. I mean, he took a, a wicked shot to the ribs near the end of that game, and, and yep. he stayed in he there and played. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Zach Ertz, but he has he ever broken a tackle? Ever <laughs> has Zach Ertz ever broken a tackle? If he breaks one tackle it's, yesterday, oh my god, who knows what happens, right? I, I love him, man, but sure, with some of the best hands we've seen uh, in, among a tight end, but he does not break nearly enough tackles. Oh man, um, 
Last bit of news. Uh, this coming from Jim Ursay. He said after the Colts game yesterday that Adam Vinatieri's missed kicks are becoming, quote, a concern. Uh, Vinatieri, for his part, sort of intimated that he could be retiring sooner rather than later. Uh, just a, a tweet from beat writer Stephen Holder suggested that we could hear as soon as today that Adam Vinatieri is hanging them up. Like, I know we don't we don't spend a lot of time talking about kickers, understandably. Um, so I guess my only question about this is when it comes to kickers, do we put Adam Vinatieri in our fantasy ring of honor? I would think so. Right. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Hell right? yeah. I mean, sustained dominance. Yep. And I mean, obviously with, multi- two, with two teams. Yeah. With yep. right, multiple teams, but also just multiple great fantasy seasons. He's yeah. definitely up there. I yep. mean, uh, I mean, I always think it's funny that you, know, you hear the stories about him having teammates who were like, oh, yeah, I remember watching you when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> so, well, he's, what, 45 46. or 47? Is I, he 47? He's 47. Wow. I remember watching him as a kid. Actually, he's, I take that back. He's, yeah. Thanks, he, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Make me feel old. 46. He will be 47, 47. in December. End of December. Uh, so he is at the moment 46. I interviewed him a long time ago for the, Ameri- uh, the Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame in Chicago and um, just couldn't be a nicer dude. Had a, uh, had a had a tremendous career if this is, in fact, the end of the line. Uh, you know what? I mean, this is just, you know, to reinforce how long Adam Vinatieri has been in the league. He tackled Herschel Walker in a game. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's ch- awesome. He chased down Herschel Walker on a kickoff and tackled him uh, in a game. I was going to say, he didn't tackle him. I was going to I was going to correct you. He chased him down. Chased it's a great clip. Down. All-time oh, great yeah. NFL mm-hmm. clip. Yeah, just go go Google uh, Adam Vinatieri, Herschel Walker, and you see Vinatieri chasing down, I mean, really one of the greatest athletes the NFL has ever seen uh, and, and making a tackle on a kickoff. So. Maybe the reason why the Cowboys had a dynasty going on. Uh, yeah, Herschel Walker. It's funny. They ended up as a dynasty, but not not the way people would have expected yeah. when they first drafted Herschel Walker. So uh, so if this is indeed the end of Anna Vinatieri, uh, best wishes in the future. We have enjoyed watching you kick field goals. Uh, and, uh, hey, it's, it's been great. And that is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. All right, so week two, pretty much in the books. We have one more game, the Jets and the Browns, which seemed a lot more interesting before the season started, and yeah. everyone, uh, you know, either caught mono or got injured or you know just week flopped. two. I'm telling you, week two has been cursed. Apparently, uh, apparently. So, but most everything else is done now. So now that we are a couple of weeks in, uh, I, I I broke this down into three different categories: what we know, what we think we know, and what we don't know at all. But are still trying to figure out. So, uh, first off, the things that we know. This one is an easy one. Patrick Mahomes is still a fantasy football god. I mean, we started the season and, and look just almost universally, like right, like. He can't throw 50 touchdowns again, right? Regression <laughs> is coming. It's just not going to happen, right? And then he goes out and and lights it up in week one against the Jaguars, of all things. Then he comes back in week two, and somehow the Chiefs, for the first time in, you know, for a while now, don't score in the first quarter, but they score five seconds into the fourth to the second quarter, and Mahomes puts up four touchdowns in the quarter. Uh, I got to be so, honest, though. I was disappointed. I mean, I, I had three touchdownless quarters from Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, he's no good. Oh, boo-hoo. Um, so, I mean, look, I, I, I mean, I know the – here's the thing. Yes, I know you can wait on a quarterback, right? There's plenty of good – but if you're going to get one early, 
get the best one that was early, the right? That was oh the my dude. God, man. Yeah. They get the Ravens next week, but um, to start the year, he's thrown for over 10 yards per pass attempt in both games, and his touchdown rate is 9.1%. Last year, his NFL record touchdown rate was 8.6%. Yeah, we were all like, yeah, you can't do that well, Oh, my God, man. I, I look. What I do like is this upcoming matchup. You're getting last year's best value at quarterback against this, this year's, year's best, value. best yeah. value at quarterback. I tweeted that out yesterday that Lamar Jackson is this year's Patrick Mahomes yeah. in terms of yeah. where you got him and the production that you're getting from him. Now, people Which also fought means- back and said, well, wait a minute. He played two crappy defenses. You can only play Man. who's, only play who's, who's lined up you. against you, dude. And that was the point of buying all these Ravens. That's what I've been saying. Their schedule su- like it was awesome. This was a great setup to start the year. This could all this was in the range of outcomes mm-hmm. for Lamar to get hot yep. really, really quick, and it happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, this past week we got the Lamar versus Kyler matchup, which was, yeah, okay. Uh, now we get the Lamar versus Mahomes yeah. matchup. Uh, so that at least, you know, as I, a viewer, it's fun. I will say this. Kyler... In a fantasy, in terms of fantasy, was not all that great. He had fewer than 17 points, and that's not going to He didn't have it. any touchdowns, but he had like but almost 400 had, yards, Yes, right? that is big. And w- when you when you watch the game, I would like to see him run a, l- a little bit more, but it's it's there, dude. It's there. This guy is going to be a top 10 quarterback when all is said and done this season. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I still want them to fix their offensive line. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the problem all year. Marcus Gilbert, too, they they. they traded for him he was previously a stud tackle for the Steelers and he's out for the season with an ACL injury I mean their offensive line is going to be a bad bad deal all year we had a lot of that Atlanta was down two O-linemen at one point last night um and then uh, uh McCary, McCary came back in um luckily yeah, for which them I, I thought he was going to be I thought he was well, done the way he uh, the way he left uh real quick though about Mahomes right so Two weeks in a row. First week, uh, Sammy Watkins has the big blow-up game for oh, him. Yeah. Week two, it's Demarcus Robinson that has the big blow-up game, and then Sammy, you know, kind of did what Sammy Watkins does occasionally, which is sort of fade back into the background. Um, have we settled on who the the receiver, the non-Travis Kelsey pass catcher, is going to be in this offense? Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. still think it's Watkins. He saw thirteen targets yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't I haven't rewatched all of them to see what happened? I don't know if they were like uncatchable or what this game situation was. But yeah, I mean, full time usage, thirteen targets, just kind of an unlucky. You know, you know uh, who it's going to be, Graham? Whoever's open. Yeah, that's the thing. whoever's open, dude. Well, I mean, Hardman. Hardman could have had two touchdowns in that game. One was called back. Yeah. He had a Robinson a 70, went. He had a seven-yard touchdown ballistic. Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Robinson went ballistic. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like you know, Watkins is clearly still the guy that you want in fantasy. But it's whoever the hell is open because Mahomes is going to find him. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Raiders had a curious strategy of of not covering people yesterday. Um, that didn't work out well for them. <laughs> and that DeMarcus, Ro- that one of the two DeMarcus Robbins touchdowns, I think it was the longer, it was the 40-yard score. So they motioned McCoy out, mm-hmm. right, uh, as like kind of a mortar screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kind of forgot to cover <laughs> DeMarcus Robinson there in the slot. The, the yeah. corner went with McCoy, and that was it. Whoopsie. Yep. Whoopsie. Uh, other thing that we know after a couple of weeks, Austin Eckler is a legit RB1 right oh, yeah. now. I mean, he has fully slid in to the role that has been abandoned by Melvin Gordon. I mean, he got, I think, like 70, 75% of the snaps yesterday. He's getting plenty of opportunity. They are moving him out to, you know, lining him up out wide. I mean, part of that might have to do with some injuries and and a lack of depth at wide receiver, but they're moving him all around. We knew, Fabs, that he had standalone value even with Melvin Gordon, Mm -hmm. but 
Uh, right now, after two weeks, he might be the biggest draft value in fantasy. Yeah, man. I mean, highest scoring running back in fantasy football right now. He's tied for fourth uh, among running backs in touches with 41. As you mentioned, the offensive snaps, he is on the field. He is their guy. And Justin Jackson, he actually looked pretty darn good, but he's not getting any opportunities, uh, not nearly enough to actually have standalone value at this point. So this is Austin Eckler's backfield. And things have kind of worked out well for him, right? Because, you know, you lose a Hunter Henry. He's going to see more opportunities as a pass catcher. We all know that he is a tremendous pass catcher. We all knew going into the season that he was a playmaker. He was a guy who can give you those yards after catch. And he is showing it uh, right now. And if we were drafting today, Austin Eckler would be a first-round pick. Right. Back-to-back games with 100 yards from scrimmage. They get the Texans uh, in week three. But then guess what, guys? The Dolphins, week oh, four. Yeah. Maybe and Melvin Gordon should come back for that game. <laughs> any, anyone that took Austin Eckler in like the sixth, seventh, eighth round of their drafts, they're most likely going to be 4-0 to you, start the year. You love life yeah. right now. You're, you're most likely going to be 4-0 to start, yep. the life, uh, start, your, start your season. Congrats. Congratulations. Man. Um, other thing that I, I feel like we certainly know after a couple of weeks, Mark Andrews yes! is a weekly starter at tight end. Graham, give me a high five. I mean, high look, five, Mark I, Andrews, I know, baby. I know we were excited about Mark, but man, two games over 100 yards. What a touchdown in each of the first two games. Love it. Uh, even for those of us with high expectations, I feel like this has sort of exceeded those expectations. Yeah, man. I, 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 I It's funny. I have him in a couple of leagues and I have Ertz in one league. So now I'm like trying to flip Andrews for something big. Because if you have – Andrews was not drafted to be a tight end one in a lot of leagues. People drafted him as like a high two, uh, drafted him late for upside. But if you like, if you have Ertz and Andrews or if you have Kittle and Andrews, for example, I, I would put both of them on the trade block and see which of the best offers comes your way because I, Andrews is the real deal, man. I mean, we talked about it, Graham, in the preseason, oh, yeah. how Lamar Jackson loves to throw to his tight ends. Andrews was his guy at the end of last season, and – now we're we're you know we're sort of seeing the fruits of our of our labor yeah. because he has been just better than advertised. So it's that trend has persisted. Last year, Lamar Jackson's like eight starts, he targeted his tight ends at yeah. the highest rate in the NFL, yep. and that has persisted to start this season. No quarterback has targeted their tight ends at a higher rate than Lamar Jackson. And now the Mark Andrews against the Chiefs coming up next week. Uh, the Chiefs just gave up nine catches for uh, nearly 100 yards to both Darren Waller and yeah. Derek Carrier. Yeah. Just yeah. another fantastic I mean, right, right now, Andrews is tied for fourth in targets with Travis Kelsey. It's good company. Yeah. Mark Andrews isn't a full-time player, but when he's out there. When he's out there, he's getting it done. He's getting he, is, it. he is just only involved in the passing game. Yep. It's like a, like a beer commercial. I don't always play, but when I do, I'm balling. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so moving on to things that we think we know, but we're not totally sure about. The first one is... The Bengals passing game is good. Uh, Zach, t- I mean, I like, mean, two damn. weeks, two weeks. Andy Dalton goes, he goes four eighteen and two touchdowns in week one. He goes three eleven and two touchdowns in week two. Um, now week three, they are on the road at Buffalo, which should be a, a I, big test. For I was going to say, we'll yeah. let's let's see, let's pump the brakes until we see them in week three on the road against a tough defense. Um, I have a lot, actually have a lot of respect for the 49ers revamp front seven. I actually think their front seven is very talented, mm-hmm. uh, but the Seahawks secondary and the 49ers secondary are just not even close to what the Bills can offer, both uh, talent wise and with their scheme. So I'm excited to see what the Bengals can do. Just, ba- a, just a quick little note on here. Um, so the Bengals have two of the top 10 most targeted wide receivers in the National Football League, and one of them's not A.J. Green. When A.J. Green comes back, yeah. I wonder 
Would you try and buy low on AJ now because we don't know when he's coming back? But when he does come back, I mean, is this what we're getting? Uh, Would you try and buy low on him right now? So two things. The Bengals have started fast, and maybe this is their third straight year. Mm -hmm. They've started pretty quick. We still don't know when AJ Green's going to return. I... I am always trying, I'm trying to be hesitant, more hesitant on buying low on players that are like, we're buying basically at a perceived injury discount. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's obviously been a great start for Zach Taylor. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, Big news. Just, just released. The Steelers just released a statement saying Ben Roethlisberger will need surgery on his elbow. He is on injured reserve. Oh, wow. He is done for the year. So, uh... All that we just talked about, uh, you know, obviously Mason Rudolph takes over now as the starter. Um, you know, look, maybe you, you bump James Washington up a little bit. Hopefully Juju is able to sort of keep his targets, presumably. Uh, you know, we're still waiting to see what the prognosis is for James Conner and what that means for the backfield. But uh, huge news uh, out of Pittsburgh. And, and that uh, not only changes the fortunes for the Steelers, but obviously for plenty of fantasy teams as well, uh, with Ben Roethlisberger being done. Where, at this point, where, if we were drafting today, where does Juju Smith-Schuster get picked without Ben Roethlisberger? Late? Mm, I'm going to say third, third round. Fourth, okay. yeah. Third or fourth. Third round. A guy who was a second round pick. I mean, th- this this one hurts, man. Th- this one really hurts. Maybe maybe it's good for Vance McDonald, possibly. but. Maybe. This is this is bad for everyone in that offense. You know, I get it. Mason Mason Rudolph has got some upside. He looked pretty good yesterday, but he's not Ben Roethlisberger. He, he just not. And um, James Washington, maybe again, we mentioned earlier a speculative ad if he was dropped because he's got that rapport uh, with Rudolph. But this is bad news, and I mean, we still don't know what Connor's status is. Yeah, we'll, we'll find could, out. We'll find out later on Monday today. You could be looking at Rudolph, Samuels, and then Juju. As the the top three yeah. weapons in that Pittsburgh offense, wow! Their, their next three games are the the Niners, Bengals, and then the Ravens. Um, kind of a mess, kind of a, mix, a mixed bag, mixed there. bag of a stretch there. But yeah, still, ugh. yeah, brutal. Uh, so. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, so it's going to leave a lot of people kind of scrambling and trying to figure out what the next move is if you were relying, certainly if you were relying on Ben Roethlisberger, but even if you were relying on, on some of the supporting pieces there in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, back to the program here. Uh, what other things that we think we know after a couple of weeks? And, and Graham, you sort of talked about this. You and I talked yep. about this yesterday during the day. Larry Fitzgerald looks like he was severely undervalued in fantasy Yep, drafts. you know, I, I, this, this was a mistake on my part. I mean, he was an eighth, ninth, tenth round pick all summer. And we knew the Cardinals were going to, one, throw a ton and always be in four wide receiver sets. And that means Larry Fitzgerald was going to probably be a big part of this passing offense. And for whatever reason, he just kind of slipped through the cracks there in that that 8th through 10th round uh Tenth round range, and now he's looking like another another year where Larry Fitz is just a stud, you know, receiver three in PPR, and you kind of plug and play him every week. Uh, and he's a great, not only a great depth, at, uh, not only is he a good depth receiver to have on your play, on your roster, but he's a weekly flex play. And by the way, I had mentioned that Zach Taylor has two wide receivers ranked in the top 10 in targets at the position. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitz, and Larry man. Fitzgerald. They are both in the top 10 as well. Yep. 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 Kingsbury's, uh, he, he is what, what we thought he was. And, and Zach Taylor is proving to be uh, sort of the same. Man. man, I just, I'm waiting for the week that the Cardinals put it together for four quarters, right? Because so far, the first two weeks, the first half has not been yeah, great. Right. Yep. And in the fourth quarter, you know, they turn it on. I, I, I tweeted yesterday that, you know, 
Cardinals offense in the fourth quarter is like the you know, last two minutes of an NBA game. Like they just turn it on and, <laughs> and it just it goes sort of next level there. Uh, other thing that we think we know, Derrick Henry is an RB one. Uh, he's you know he's had two really good games, and I know I know that you know the knock on him is that he tends to score in bunches, but man, he's he's looked a little bit more consistent the, the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, they are sort of throwing the ball to him. I mean, he's yep. not. <laughs> look, you're not. <laughs> I like I said, they, they're sort of throwing the ball. You're not going to confuse him with, you know, Alvin Kamara or, or Saquon Barkley or anything like that. But it seems like they're trying to work him into the passing game yep. this year, which is uh, which is a positive sign. Yeah, yep. f- uh, five targets through two games. Last year, only saw 18 targets in, across the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Titans have been in two good game scripts for Derrick Henry, though. They obviously were competing against the Browns and won that game. Then the ga- uh, the, this Colts game was close all the way throughout so they've been able to to stick to their game plan and keep hammering you know hinder the ball um but i mean it's obvious that Deion lewis's role as a rusher in this offense is completely over he's got six carries yeah it's 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 over yeah it's all it's gonna be all derrick henry on on first and second down and all derrick henry in the red zone for the rest of the year henry and lewis have the same amount of targets so far this season nice that's 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 the thing because like i just already sort of looked at Deion lewis pass catching back um but now if if henry is starting to take some of that role lewis is a handcuff and and if not he's waiver wire fodder yeah so uh, that that is going to be one worth watching. So now we move on to the things that we don't know, and we're still trying to figure out two weeks into the season. The first one is easily the biggest one, at least uh, as far as I'm concerned. Is Cam Newton fixable? The first two weeks have looked just miserable, right? right. And we we try. I know we tried to kind of talk talk our way around week one, thinking, all right, well let's let's just wait and see. Maybe things. Week two, still bad. And the thing to me, Fabs, that that really uh, is shocking. It, it's it's not so much the lack of designed runs. It's the lack yes. of improvised runs, yep. too. When things break down, we're used to seeing Cam get out of the pocket and make plays and kind of extend. He is stand. He is a statue in the pocket, Dude, and that, to me, is concerning. He doesn't run anymore. He, he doesn't run. No, number one, he has no touchdowns in his last four games dating back to, to last season. None. Zero. Okay? And... He's never been the most accurate dude in the world, but if you watch the game last week, mm-hmm. there were some throws, man. Ooh. I mean, Curtis Samuel could have had a huge game if, if Cam didn't overthrow him. Greg Olson could have had a bigger game if Cam didn't overthrow him. Cam Newton is is sort of a shell of what he has been as a fantasy quarterback, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't run with the football, he's useless to us. I mean, to be quite honest with you, you look back at his success in his career, if you take away the rushing totals, okay, and you put what he's been averaging in his last four games, he's not a QB1 at all. I mean, he's not a QB1. And it's tempting. You know, we talked about it before the podcast. You got the Cardinals coming up this week, right? I mean, their defense is garbage. But I don't know if I can trust Cam Newton. I, I, I will be completely out on Cam Newton this season if he does not have a good game. I'm not looking for a blow-up game, but a good game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are playing faster than anybody else in the NFL, which yes. means their opposing teams are going to get more play volume, and their, their secondary sucks. Um, but yeah, man, you hit the nail on the head, though, Marcus. It's the, pro- the problem is, is not only the design plays, like he's not running you know, the fourth and yep. one sneaks near the goal line anymore, but... 50 over 50 dropbacks last yeah. last week against the Bucks and basically no scrambling. I mean, he's not even looking to scramble. And think right. about it too. That's not Cam Newton's game, man. That like little if Cam Newton is dropping back 50 times to throw and not scrambling. Bro, ooh. that that little gadget play that they that they ran at the end with McCaffrey trying to trying to get that first down and or touchdown. One of the worst play calls of the season that, so far. Th- if Cam Newton is right, okay? 
That is Cam Newton jumping over the damn offensive line and scoring a mm-hmm. touchdown. Okay, and it's there's now I, I wonder because North Turner is the OC last year. Cam was banged up, only had 101 rush rushing attempts uh, in 14 games. You know, Norv's never had a, a dude who's who's this versatile who can run with the football. You know, if you look at his career, you know, he's looking at like the Troy Aikmans and, you know, Philip Rivers, you know, guys who are sort of like immobile. But I mean, Cam, if Cam's not a runner, Cam's not a valuable fantasy asset. I mean, right now. So I, I, I ran the L.A. Marathon once upon a time and like I didn't know what I was doing when I trained. I just was like, I'm going to just get up and just run like with no real like plan. <laughs> Uh, I was so super sore afterwards, obviously, because I didn't do it right. There was there was a period of six months where I wouldn't run across the street if traffic was coming. That's sort of <laughs> what Cam looks like in the pocket right now, right? There are, like, bodies flying at him, and he is standing there like a statue. I was going to ask you, how bad did your legs hurt Oh, it was the that? worst. Yeah. It was. The, I've done it a couple times since then when I actually trained properly and everything was a lot better. But, yeah, just me, just on my own, being an idiot, just like, like oh, I just run. It's so, fine. Like, no. So, quick question for you guys. Cam against the Cardinals or Jameis against Eddie's <laughs> Giants. And I'm th- I, and I'm going to say it on the show today. Like, I'm thinking about freaking starting Jameis Winston this week no. because the Giants are awful. No, I love no, you, Eddie, but they stink. No, I would I would play Jameis over Cam right now, too. I would, too. It, yeah, it, the, I mean, it's insane. The <laughs> it's Giants, so insane. The, the, Giant, the Giants have, I mean, Janoris Jenkins said it perfectly after that game yesterday. The, the Giants cannot rush the quarterback. Like, they do not have a pass rush right now. Their secondary is fine. It's okay. It's not terrible. But, yeah, Jameis and the Bucks should go off in that game. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> him, Fabs. I mean, look. Godwin. Even, he has I God know. One. I know he's. Man. I know he does. I know even, he does. But he was, I mean, last week he had, like, 14 points. The week before he was seven, he was terrible. Yeah. And the Giant, I mean, we all love Josh Allen this past weekend. He just went, he went ballistic. He balled out 22, over 22 yeah. fantasy points. So, I mean, <laughs> It's like it's like you know you don't trust him, but the matchup is so good. How do you not play well, him? Well, and even as bad as as Jameis was for most of that game against Carolina, he figured it out late, yep. and, and he moved the ball and he made some plays late. So at least that is sort he, of encouraging. He is a schizophrenic fantasy quarterback. You uh, never well, yes. know what you're going to get from him. That absolutely is the uh, is absolutely the case there. Um, other thing that we don't know. What is the Niners running back rotation, right? Oh, I mean, Matt man. Breida, Matt Breida looked great when he got the ball yesterday over 100 yards. Uh, but Raheem Mostert played the most snaps out of anybody in the backfield. Jeff Wilson came in and scored yep. a touchdown. Uh, it's it's like Shanahanigans are yeah. back with a new generation. I know. You know, like the, the, the millennials are keeping some things going, right? <laughs> uh, Kyle Shanahan keeping Shanahanigans going. And now, you know, look I've already put in a couple of waiver claims for Raheem Mostert uh, across mm-hmm. leagues. I mean, he's going to be a very popular ad, yeah. I would think, this season. Yep. Yeah, and I've got the numbers, too. Uh, he Mostert had 16 touches. Breida only had 13. Wilson had 10. Wilson had five red zone touches. Mostert, two. Breida, zero. Yeah. And then when you look at the snaps played, Mostert at 44%, Breida at 31 And Jeff Wilson, who wasn't on the roster... Yeah. 22%. This is not anything new. Shanahan rotates his running backs. He does not care what type, what point of the game they're in. He does not care if they're in the red zone. He doesn't care if it's third down, second down. He does not care. They did this in Atlanta, too. It just so happened they only had two guys, and they were really good players, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Now he's got Matt Breida, who's really good, but these other two rotational guys. He just doesn't even care. He does not care. He's yeah. going to play He's gonna play his guys and, and 
optimize his running back usage to keep these guys. And Niners got Pittsburgh coming up this yeah. week. So and uh, Pittsburgh gave it up to say, I mean, they Penny. Weren't, they weren't great <laughs> against uh, the Seahawks yesterday. So. so, yep. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at that backfield and, and you spoke of Atlanta. What the heck do you do with that backfield right now? I mean, Freeman has Devontae been Freeman two weeks in an a row. absolute disaster. Uh, he's been on the field for 56 percent of the snaps, but Edo Smith's been out there for 44 percent. He's getting looks too. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think we can all agree that that we were saying, hey, Freeman is an RB two. Yeah, I'll take him. So far, he has been awful. Yeah, through two weeks, it has not been good. I mean, the 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 Falcons offense has left some things to be desired through the first couple. Yeah, of weeks. I think that's that's a big part of it. They they have not been. It well, they they started the season with the Vikings front seven. So sure, on the road, tough game. Uh, Eagles front seven is very, very good. The, the Eagles run defense was amazing, amazing last year. So two tough spots to start the year. I'm not freaking out just yet, but Ido Smith playing a little bit more than I think we expected. I yeah. think that's the concern long term. Definitely. That is a, a definitely a, a concern there. Uh, speaking of running backs, other thing we don't know. Did, did we overvalue carry on Johnson I'm like I'm, I'm speaking from a place of hurt right now because I drafted him in so many places and was like really excited I'm like I got carry on Johnson in the third round it's gonna be great and he's been fine it just the workload has not been what I thought it was going to be I think I think a lot of us went into this season expecting him to kind of be more of a workhorse and for the the Lions to be more pass heavy and he's just been okay through the first couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, he's been held under uh, under three yards per carry in back-to-back games now. Uh, had 18 touches week one, 14 this past week against the Chargers. A tough spot coming up, too, against the Eagles in week three. Um, I, I'm not – I mean, did we ever expect Kerryon Johnson to be the like a bell cow, though? Like a, just a true – he plays 85% of the snaps and never comes off the field? Like I, if that was the expectation, I think that might have been a little too high. Maybe. Um I just, yeah, I just thought, you know, I just felt like they were really going to try and, and, and ride him a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's playing about 55% of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, through two weeks, he's averaging like 16 touches a game. I mean, C.J. Anderson had 11 carries in week one, and that was reduced back down to five this past week. And again, the, the Lions won, by the way. Right. Um, yeah. Ty Johnson got more, more burn this week, too, so... Not yeah. that you're picking up Ty Johnson, but Ty Johnson could be the handcuff to K.J., should anything happen to him now? Yeah, that's possible, too. I guess that's something just to kind of keep in mind and see how this thing goes. So ah, so there we go. That's through two weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll also keep an eye, obviously, on what happens on Monday night. And, you know, we'll, we'll make some snap judgments. That will be totally wrong by week seven. But that's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, so there it's, you go. Kind of, it's kind of a depressing day, isn't it? I mean, like, <sighs> Breeze is out. Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, done for the season. Uh, you know, dudes that we drafted highly are not producing. Poor Eddie's a Giants fan. It's just sad around here it's, today, man. Uh, it's a bummer of a day. It is a gloomy, gloomy week two, no doubt about it. Uh, so on the up and up, though, there's the waiver wire. Hopefully that can uh, boost our spirits a little bit. Uh, we put together a list of guys that that should be available in a majority of leagues that have some potential in the weeks going forward. Uh, let's see, just in no particular order here. A couple of Chiefs, Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman, who was uh, a waiver wire guy last week. And so, you know, hear us now, believe us later. Uh, go get Nicole Hardman because obviously with Tyreek Hill out, his role increases there in Kansas City. Uh, 
about Fabs. You mentioned it before the show, and it is absolutely true. Terry McLaurin, bro, is uh, you know we didn't Man. talk about him a lot. In the I, yes. tried, I tried to Dude. pick him up in like every league I could last week. I mean, I got him in so many spots after he, last week. He, he looks good. I, I almost don't want Haskins to take the job because Case Keenum is looking for him a lot. So Ter- you know, guys, Terry McLaurin's going to be the top scoring rookie receiver this year. He's he on his be. way. He really might he's be going on his way. Be. No, yeah. he's going well, to be. Well, it's going to be the team in Hollywood. Hollywood, I, Hollywood I, had another big game. Long term, I'm telling you, McLaurin has more opportunity. The Redskins are going to be trailing more, and the Ravens yeah. have Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. So uh, a few that's other fair. a few other receivers to target, Debo Samuel. Hell, at this point, Dante Pettis is droppable. Dante Pettis did he, not play. He played he more is, than two snaps this he, week. He, he played is, 33 snaps. He got zero targets. He, he, is, yeah. he is droppable at this point. Uh, we, we talked about DJ Chuck. Okay, I'm not going to do it again. Chris Connolly. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley is- who we all loved, but when Foles went down, our worst fears uh, well, ha- have been met. I really thought that maybe with a week of practice that Gardner Minshew would, would kind of look in Westbrook's direction a little bit more. But, you know, at least at least this past week, that wasn't the case. Maybe it happened. As later, has been know. the theme of this podcast, that Texans-Jags game was freaking weird, too. I mean, neither of those teams really did much of anything offensively. Fournette's, so- Fournette hasn't gotten anything done, too, in two weeks. Well, so. Fournette has not left the field, so I'm not concerned no, about that. No, that's good, but it's when... Right. Yeah. When he's getting the ball, I mean, wait, right. and then they, they they tried to win the oh, game no, the, yesterday. The, and the men's show was Jacksonville's leading rusher when it was all I know. said and done. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about Miko Hardman as a waiver wire pickup. Here's one that um, you, you may not think of off the top of your head, but he's absolutely worth rostering. Uh, the Jason Voorhees of fantasy football. He because will never die. He will never die. Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, left the game yesterday with a hamstring injury. Not sure if he's going to miss any games. Maybe he'll miss one or two. Uh, in a worst-case scenario, but Frank freaking Gore is going to be a flex starter on fantasy rosters in Week 3 if Singletary can't play. It, it is amazing. He just will not go away. Yeah, no, he will, like I said, he will live forever. He absolutely will live forever. See, we mentioned Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, uh, those are guys. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, obviously with Drew Brees out, I mean, that's kind of a deep pull right now if you really need some quarterback help. Uh, Mason Rudolph, obviously we mentioned him now that Ben Roethlisberger is done for the year. Another guy who, who you may want to uh, kind of target if you really need some help at, at quarterback. But, uh, yeah, that's it uh, for for waiver wire. I don't know, any, more, any more guys? Teddy that, uh, Bridgewater. Yeah, t- t- Teddy B is there. Teddy Two Gloves. I mean, listen, <laughs> fantasy football, and we've said it, uh, you know, is so unpredictable. Hell, Garden Minshew. Like, I mean, if you're in a two QB league or a super flex league, dude. He I mean, not, him and Bridgewater both. Minshew was not terrible. He wasn't terrible. If he's gonna run the ball, yeah. Hell, he's he's worth a look, man. Yeah. Two, two more speculative ads is Jalen Samuels and Darwin yeah, well, Thompson. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yep. Jalen obviously with with James Conner, and then both McCoy and Damian Williams are both dealing with injuries. Yep. Uh, Williams left the fourth quarter mm-hmm. with a knee injury last night, and then McCoy is I guess dealing with an ankle that popped up today this Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah, and so by the we'll way, on the Chiefs back. And field. by the way, folks, if Josh Allen's available in your league, please pick him. Go up. get him. Please pick him. Absolutely, up. absolutely, please. go get him. Because so. I'm seeing him available in leagues, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I think the, the skepticism is still is still there. But, you know, it should be over by he now. He was the best quarterback in fantasy football they're, for what the last five weeks of his rookie year, and so far so good in 2019. They're, they're running sweeps for him at the goal line. I think that I should tell it. you everything you need to know. So there you go. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading as always. And you know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if we weren't meant to have midnight snacks, why is there a light in the fridge? We'll see you on Wednesday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 